podcast, cutting edge conversations with the quant community. Hello and welcome to a new Risks Quantcast. As usual, myself, Mauro Cesar and Nesneen Sharif here. Hi, Nesneen. Hi, everyone. I'd like to welcome our special guest for this podcast, Alexander Antonov, who is in our studio in London today. Hi, Alexander. Uh, hi, Mauro. Hi, Nesneen. Uh, great to have you here, Alexander. Thanks for visiting and talking to us today. Uh, how are you? All good? I'm good, thank you. After a week of vacation, I'm completely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So a, a bit of background. Uh, Alexander, you are the director of the Quantitative Model Risk at Standard Charter here in London. Uh, you joined the bank this year, at the beginning of this year, after a long career with numerics in Paris. Uh, over the years, you published numerous papers on several different subjects. And uh, as the quant community knows well, in uh, 2016, you won the Quant of the Year Award from Risk Magazine uh, for your work on derivative pricing with negative rates. Uh, here we are today to ask you about your latest paper, which is titled Efficient Sim MVA Calculation for Callable Exotics, uh, that you co-authored with your former colleagues, uh, Sergei Isakov and Andrew McClelland. Um, as understandable from the title, uh, in essence, this paper is about calculating margin valuation adjustment for callable products under uh, the standard and initial margin model, uh, like, for example, Bermuda and Swaptions. Um, in order to do that, uh, you need to compute the future sensitivities of the trade, of the trade value to market variables. And you do that using algorithmic differentiation. So now this is, in essence, where you will give us a. Uh, this more in, in detail in a moment. But before we talk about your method, uh, could you explain first um, what is the motivation of this paper and why? Uh, what are the hurdles in calculating MBA? Thank you, Mauro. Um, thank you for inviting me here. So let's, let, let's, uh, let's give a little introduction to this, uh, to this subject. Uh, the method uh, is, uh, as you have mentioned, uh, mainly applied to uh, callable, uh, callable options, so which bank treat among them, among them so so-called over-the-counter OTC deals. Uh, let us introduce the main objects of this of this paper. So the first, what is the MVA? MVA is a portfolio li a lifetime uh, funding cost for initial margin IM. Initial margin is an extra protection over the variational margin or collateral. So imagine uh, if you have a full collateralization between two banks and one of them make a default. Uh, of course, we have the collateral posted from the bank, which it's about to default. However, uh, there is so-called margin period of risk and the collateral can be a little bit Aged. So the collateral is in general invested to assets which can change in this in this period of time, where the default is officially is, is officially confirmed. So there is a certain risk even with the full collateralization. That is why people go with the initial margin. This is the extra amount of money which you put uh, to a separate account. Uh, each part, counterparty put it to a separate account. So this little risk is. Uh, um, is addressed by this uh, by this uh, initial margin. Uh, in uh, in reality, the initial margin is a certain var of the risk of the portfolio. <coughs> right. So if we have uh, if we have uh, differences uh, 
between today's uh, price of the of the of the portfolio and price of portfolio in several days, uh, this stochastic variable uh, has a certain distribution and we calculate VAR. In general, it's 99% VAR, so quite uh, quite big uh, quite big quantile. So uh, the MVA. There is calculation of the projections of this uh, initial margin of the VAR in the future. Mm, this means that we should uh, simulate not only the portfolio value, but uh, also its uh, VAR. Um, what is the SIM here? SIM, uh, SIM initial margin is a standard, standardized initial margin, which was invented. Uh, this formula was uh, suggested by ESTA. And uh, <clears throat> it is an approximation or kind of filling of this uh, uh, strict mathematical VAR, which is calculated using uh, sensitivities of portfolio with respect to different risk factors. For example, SOAP rates, uh, uh, um, implied volatilities, and so on. Uh, it was done in order to uh, to reduce uh, different points of view of two counterparties to this VAR, because if we calculate VAR using different systems for different banks, it, it's quite uh, hard to, to agree on this number. However, yeah. if we agree with the sensitivities of the portfolio, more or less, then we'll agree to this, uh, automatically agree to the SIM definition of the initial margin to the easy definition of the initial margin so that is why it's uh, beneficial and uh, when we treat uh, derivatives uh, of the counter in general bank uh, banks use this uh, sim definition of the initial margin so um, let us uh, let us Talk about the calculations of this uh, of this uh, initial margin in the future, which give us uh, the integral over this initial margin in the future. With this expected value, uh, gives us uh, the MVA. So uh, imagine we have a portfolio pricing function. Uh, the simplest uh, trick here is the price itself. The more complicated is uh, when uh, we calculate the future price of the portfolio. So in certain yeah. so a certain time in the future, we have a, a portfolio price, uh, which if we use a simulation model, will be different for different Monte Carlo paths or scenarios. So again, it is not very easy to calculate uh, this quantity, but if you want to calculate its sensitivities with respect to market risk, this is another another computational another complication with respect to uh, to to numerical numerical computations so price and then we have future price and then the sensitivity of future price so this kind of stairs give us the computational computational effort uh, so uh, in general, we treat uh, we treat uh, the future prices uh, using the Monte Carlo, least square Monte Carlo uh, regression algorithms, and uh, well, and we'll do in the same way the sensitivities of these uh, future prices. There are, however, the ways to avoid the calculation of the sensitivities prices using certain approximations. So uh, we can cite, for example, a work of Anderson, Pichtin, and Sokol. They yeah. said that uh, let us uh, treat uh, our uh, our sim uh, initial margin as a, as a var, 
without its you know without addressing its formula by ISDA using sensitivity, just to, to, to let us treat it directly. And they have derived a nice, very nice formula which links the CVA uh, like uh, CVA bit of the integral with this uh, uh, expectation of the initial margin for a large class of models. Uh, however, this is approximation, and it is applied uh, for you know for s rather special cases than for general one. Well, this special case is. Uh, um, is the full colorization, so it can be slightly different uh, in the practice. Uh, they have received uh, the quantum of the year of the last year for this work, so this is, of course, a great work. Yeah. Uh, so, so they avoid completely uh, dealing with these sensitivities in order to reconstruct the ISDA SIM formula. Or for example, if one uh, has a lot of computers, uh, he can calculate uh, uh, this uh, in this uh, SIM MVA using the brute force. So, of course, this is uh, complicated, slow, but it is possible. By the way, in our paper, for the first time, we have presented these uh, uh, numbers uh, for the real brute force answer, which is kind of the, the right one, and we have... Uh, you know, just I will talk about this definitely later, but uh, it takes hours for to calculate uh, a single MVA of one instrument, and I think we have first to be brave enough to <laughs> to calculate it by the brute force. Anyway, so how do we do it by the brute force? So uh, imagine we have uh, imagine we have the Monte Carlo simulation, and we can diffuse our risk factors. For each time step and each path, we have uh, we can we are able to calculate the future price of the portfolio. Then we should uh, position ourselves to this node. This is a time step and uh, and the Monte Carlo path. Uh, recalibrate the model growing out of this node in the future. Reprice the portfolio in the future uh, for a certain number of sensitivities and calculate this uh, and calculate this um, um, sensitivities with respect to to the to the market factors. So if we have hundred time steps and maybe several thousands of the uh, of the Monte Carlo paths, then uh, and maybe like twenty sensitivities or even ten sensitivities. This will be a huge amount of work. So this is feasible, but uh, it is uh, it is too slow. So this is the introduction to the subject. Excellent. So uh, given this, so you you obviously are proposing an alternative method to this, and uh, uh, could you could you talk us through it in, in general terms? Then we go more specifically into into the parts of it. So our idea was to. Uh, uh, was to calculate the sensitivities of the future prices with respect to the obs observable with respect to risk factors, uh, for example, swaps and uh, swaptions, through the sensitivities of the model parameters. So we did not calculate f as a first step sensitivities to the uh, swap or the yield curve movements or the or the implied volatility, but we do it for the model parameters. As the second step, we use the Jacobian transformation 
to convert the model sensitivities to the market sensitivities. So in uh, in two words, this is uh, uh, this is uh, it was the method. The uh, of course all the all the you know devil is in the details and calculation of sensitivities of the future prices with respect to model parameters is not trivial neither. So we have used the so-called backward differentiation to do that. We can speak about the about with more details later. What is what does it mean? <coughs> Our method is uh, scalable, so we can have uh, we can uh, calculate uh, this. Uh, we calculate this uh, sensitivities with respect to model parameters for each uh, own instrument. We can keep the Jacobians for uh, uh, which translates the model parameters into the market closed in the future. We can keep it uh, universally for whatever instrument, such that uh, if you introduce a new instrument, it is pretty easy and fast to integrate it inside the portfolio and calculate this uh, market sensitivities. As uh, we can see from the article, the calculation of the uh, model parameter sensitivity is very fast. The most of the time is taken of calculation of the Jacobian. So if we keep this Jacobian calculated and stored somewhere, any new instruments can give us, uh, will, will cost us almost nothing. Um, we have, of course, uh, again, the first, I guess, uh, compared uh, our, our method with respect to the brute force, and uh, we demonstrated that there is a perfect match with the brute force, uh, brute force method, but of course there's uh, uh, enormous acceleration with respect to brute force several hundred times. Um, one of the, one of the tricks which we use, uh, well, tricks, one of the important algorithms which we use in this paper uh, is our regression, uh, is a smooth, is a regression to smooth variables. And this is a key point uh, for numerical application of this method. In some sense, if the regression is, is poor, then uh, the quality of the whole construction will not be that very high. So it's important to have a good regression uh, uh, in this uh, in the paper, and we have a reference to we have a reference to a certain method uh, inside uh, inside the paper the paper itself. Uh, so uh, thanks, Alexander, for the introduction. So. Um, I mean, taking a few steps back to, you know, the the uh, main problem that you're trying to solve. Um, so um, you did mention that the calculation of future sensitivities of trade values to, you know, model parameters, that is, is quite difficult. What aspect of those calculations make it particularly difficult? And also, um, I think the technique that you propose is mainly, you know, keeping in mind um, its application to callable products. So with respect to callable products, why is the calculation of future sensitivities more difficult? Um, if we have a non-callable product, so simple uh, simple options, we can always calculate, uh, well, always often calculate uh, the future prices analytically. So if we have an analytical function for the future prices as a function of the state, for example, of the, of the FX rate in this case, or the short rate, we can uh, differentiate kind of by hand uh, this, uh, this analytics. It is uh, 
that is why it's not very time consuming. Yep. However, if we go for callables, uh, here the result, uh, here the uh, the calculation of the future price is a result of the regression or least square Monte Carlo or American Monte Carlo. Uh, all of them are synonyms. I would prefer the least square Monte Carlo. Right. So uh, it is a result of this complicated algorithm, uh, which is called, yeah, which is a regression. And so that is why uh, to differentiate uh, to differentiate these uh, uh, future values with respect to parameters is uh, it's quite tricky because it should pass it should pass through the all the chain of the calculations when we prepare uh, the base basis functions for the regression when we calculate uh, when we invert the matrix and so on using this uh, using this so it's quite tricky and uh, tedious tedious operation and i would say quite unpleasant <laughs> to, to to implement <laughs> Uh, however, if you you know to build it in a certain blocks, you can uh, you can go with uh, with a with a success and a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me let me say uh, let me um, mm, let me explain how can we how we did this uh, how we did this differentiation. So we call this method as a backward differentiation. This was uh, published in the Risk Magazine uh, in the in the beginning of this year. And yeah. uh, so this method, this method addresses how to calculate the sensitivities of the future prices with respect to model parameters and market parameters uh, when we have applied to calculation of the GRIGs of the CVA or different XVA. They, we know that uh, they underline the, uh, the derivative of the future prices. So more or less, we have reused this backward differentiation, which we first addressed for the XVA Greggs to uh, to the NVA. There were certain uh, changes which uh, make which actually make our current algorithm simpler than the derivatives of the XVA. So there are certain right. tricks which make it well. I wouldn't. I would say even much simpler than the calculation of the XVA Greggs. So. <clears throat> How it works? It is uh, it is a certain flavor of the algorithmic differentiation AD, uh, such that we do the uh, simulation using the so-called adjoint differentiation AAD. So we yeah. during the simulation we write in, in in the tape all the information which takes place during the simulation. When we uh, come to the simulation to the end of the simulation, we have uh, uh, this tape prepared. So this tape can calculate the derivative of the whatever expectation of the model. So this is, will be our tool uh, to the, when the, when the future construction. However, when we go backwards, uh, following the instrument price for the, for the exotic, for example, for the European or, or very, modern, very modern option or swaption, uh, we use so-called tangent algorithmic differentiation. So uh, uh, its speed up is not the same as the speed up for the joint differentiation. However, in application to the NVA, it is uh, uh, it is uh, very important <coughs> because uh, uh, because it uh, it produces us the calculate the derivative of any for any future price with respect to the with respect to the model parameters, and uh, it is not as uh, this timing is not as a bumper price, 
because we save a lot of time here of not repeating the calculation of the preparation of the basis function, the uh, inversion inversion of the matrix, and so on. Yeah. So there is a big uh, there is a big speed up with respect to just brute force uh, brute force application of this method. So uh, another uh, very comfortable thing that it can be done algorithmically. So if we operate, if we have our scripting, uh, scripting language for the instrument pricing, we just overload certain operations in so, inside the C++, C++ classes, and we just leave it uh, as this. So the, this is pretty simple, pretty and very efficient and error-proof methods uh, for such calculation. Uh, it doesn't need any tape during the pricing. So the right. tape is on the model construction, but not during the pricing. So it is a hybrid method, which uh, which uh, has a, a AD, a joint differentiation, during the model simulation, and TD, tangent differentiation, during the instrument pricing. So it combines both of the attractive feature, and in spite of the fact that we calculate uh, a lot of uh, sensitivities, it remains very fast. So you can check uh, in the paper that uh, the amount of time which, uh, which is used in the calculation of the, uh, of the, Greeks for any, for, of the model Greeks for, for one instrument is just tiny with respect to the price itself. Yeah, yeah. So um, previously you, um, you mentioned uh, why the calculation of the sensitivities, you know, when you're doing the American Monte Carlo um, sorry, least squares Monte Carlo. Um, it, it's quite difficult. So, um, what what do uh, what have banks been doing so far in getting around it? Is it just the brute force method, like you described, or have they been using some kind of approximation? Uh, to my uh, to my knowledge, the banks do either uh, brute force approximation, which is, uh, yeah, we have, uh, we can do the, some clouds computation or whatever we want. Um, uh, there are certain tricks which uh, can permit to do faster brute force. For example, we don't need sometimes to uh, calculate, to do a sort of nested Monte Carlo for all the paths. If we uh, think that the uh, future price is a smooth function of the states at this time. We can do less points for the calculation for the calculation of the brute force of the brute force quantities, but still it is uh, just heavy heavy calculation. Or the second uh, uh, the second alternative is using uh, Anderson Pectin Sokol tricks for the approximation of the. Uh, uh, of the initial margin as a as a as a var. Well, there are uh, there is also uh, there is also a method of uh, Green and Canyon uh, using certain certain type of approximation of the sensitivities, but we can address it uh, slightly later. Yeah. So thanks, Alexander. Now. How does your paper calculate these future sensitivities uh, in the CIM-MVA calculations? And so about the mathematical trick, uh, could you could you expand a little more on that? Yeah. So uh, so as I said, first we calculate uh, the sensitivities with respect to the model parameters, and the second we convert it uh, to 
using the Jacobians derivative of the of the market variables with respect to respect to the model into the sensitivities of the whole portfolio with respect to uh, the market variables. So the first trick, uh, of course, uh, before starting this uh, project, before starting an implementation project, we have taken a pen and written all these uh, all these uh, procedures by hands. So if we have uh, if we have a value at the future price as at a certain time, uh, the we can regress it to the previous time. So. There is a certain matrix multiplication which uh, takes place here. So we have taken a pen and rewritten all this, uh, all the derivative with respect to the model parameters. Uh, so uh, the the main idea uh, is to uh, is to uh, is to come up with the algorithm. Uh, which uh, organizes uh, backward pricing of the of our instrument, uh, uh, address uh, what happens algorithmically when we apply the arithmetics to different uh, different parts of the uh, of the portfolio, and what is the most important, how to how do we differentiate throughout the regression? So this differentiation is uh, the most complicated most complicated trick. Uh, which uh, we passed through. S uh, there are uh, there is a big similarities uh, uh, with our first paper when we have uh, differentiated these uh, future prices for the XVA Greeks reasons. So here we do not need to differentiate them all over the uh, over parameters. We need to keep check of differentiation of the future parameters with respect to the to the respect to the current future price so it makes the whole algorithm simpler and uh, less uh, as less noisy so uh, what we have proposed it is algorithmic way uh, for this calculation such that uh, using uh, using this backward pricing algorithm uh, we introduce extra operations with respect to the arithmetics or regressions of the values of the of the future values, and so they follow uh, they follow uh, the calculation of the derivatives, follow the calculation of the values itself, and this is a particular uh, particular example of the tangent uh, differentiation method, not a joint but tangent differentiation method. Okay, um, so just on the application of um, algorithmic differentiation to your technique, so um, you know AD is something that was picked up in finance, you know, over a decade ago. People have been using it for various applications, you know, mainly risk management and calculation of sensitivities. Um, so it's not exactly a new technique. So um, you know, what makes the application of AD to your paper uh, unique. What is what is what is different there? Yeah. So the difference is that uh, we use AD f as, as everybody for the model simulation, such that it can calculate rapidly the uh, uh, derivatives of whatever expectation with respect to model parameters, and we use uh, tangent differentiation while the uh, while the pricing of the instrument while the backward pricing of the instrument. So uh, the algorithm follows the pricing 
and goes at the same time as this uh, uh, as the pricing goes uh, goes backward. So we go forward uh, first with the model simulation using the AD, and we go backward during the pricing using the TD tangent differentiation. Though so that's the main that's the main difference of the of our approach with respect to classical AD, which presumes that we have finished the work we have arrives to the single value named MVA, and then we start going backwards. So first we're going backward through all the pricing, yeah. and then we go backward through the model simulation. So this, this says that, of course, we should have this whole tape which writes all the operations. So the main difference with us is that we do the AD when we go, when we go forward with the simulation, but when we go backwards, we don't do uh, classical AD, but we go with the tangent differentiation. So it makes, of okay. course, this implementation is much, much simpler. The efficiency is maybe slightly less with respect to the MVA, but as I said, the main overhead uh, in general is in the preparation of the basis function, in the, is in the in the inversion of the matrices and so on. So this is a, uh, this is a, this give us a big gain. We do not do the thing, but differentiate the right things on the necessary things which should be differentiated. And uh, and so uh, given the moderate number of parameters, like fifty or maybe hundred, it is uh, give us uh, very very nice. Uh, very very nice timing so you can check in the article that the treatment of one instrument uh, treatment of its uh, all the derivative cost almost nothing so could you briefly describe to our listeners what how exactly tangent differentiation works the tangent differentiation yeah. is uh, <clears throat> let us uh, uh, let us consider for simplicity simulation forward simulation so we have uh, we have uh, uh, our process, let us say X, which goes, you know, the forward, and uh, we uh, and imagine our parameters as volatility of this process. So uh, we have discrete, we have discretized our time. We have a Ti as the you know the time grid. So we go from Ti to Ti plus one, and tangent differentiation is uh, that uh, apart from X of this x for any path or just for one path it doesn't matter we keep a vector of uh, derivative of our x over all the parameters so uh, when the the time advances where we simulate from step ti to step ti plus one we update all these derivatives so we have a whole group of uh, derivative which goes up up and so on uh, while the AD is that when we go to the very, very last uh, day and we calculate the payoff, we go backwards. So in this sense, we, uh, we don't need to have uh, all these uh, operations for different, uh, uh, for different derivative over different volatilities. We can reuse one of them from another. So literally, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, overcharge our computation by number of uh, the derivatives as we did in the tangent but we literally do uh, literally do uh, backward propagation which uh, backward propagation in their joint a joint okay a joint propagation we do this a joint propagation starting from the payoff 
And yeah. this saves us a lot of time. So the time is not multiplied by the number of parameters, by mm -hmm. multiplied by a certain, certain moderate number like four or whatever. Four is a theoretical number of the slowdown of the AD. Whenever the TD, which is we only go forward when we update all the derivatives here, we have no choice. We just update all of them, and the timing is scaled uh, as a number of uh, as a number of derivatives. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, the works of uh, Andrew Green and Chris Kenyon, uh, which have also been published in RISC. Uh, they propose techniques using least square Monte Carlo for calculating uh, MVA. Do you expand on this approach, or do you do you use something different? Well, uh, in some sense we expand it. In some sense we use <laughs> something different. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, let, let me let me uh, so is not let me explain you what is uh, what is our understanding of uh, Green and Canyon approach. So in a nutshell, uh, they have regressed the future. But imagine we have we have a model and we calculate it uh, with the future values and the you know for for any path for any time step as usual, and uh, we have uh, we have also the market quotes swaps. For example, in the in the paper, so what we do, they take uh, the future value and regress them, uh, regress them to um, to the market values, to so this swaps with different, for example, tenor, uh, and uh, this gives them the function of the future values with respect to the swaps. So regression function give us the derivatives, and they can produce the derivatives in this way. Uh, there are, however. Uh, several problems. The first is that if we do uh, a nonlinear regression, then the number of non-trivial swaps uh, should coincide with the number of the factors of the model. Imagine if we have a Hull-White model, the only driving factor here is a short rate. So we can regress only uh, into, one, uh, into one swap, which swap this is a certain function of the rate, right? So the future price is always a certain function of the rate. We can expand, we can derive one as a function of another. So the regression of the future value over the LIBOR, for example, uh, will give us certain result. And uh, we can, of course, calculate the derivative. But we cannot calculate the derivative using this method uh, as a derivative, uh, partial derivative over another swap being the LIBOR fixed. So if we move the LIBOR, the whole curve will move with us. So we cannot organize here the partial derivatives. Uh, we can, uh, we should do something like, uh, as we suppose, propose differentiate over the parameters, which can be very granular, which can give us these movements. So in some sense, uh, if we uh, regress, uh, if we regress our future value to a certain number of the swaps which correspond to the number of the states of the or factors of the model uh, we use the movement handles corresponding to the states in our case we enlarge uh, the set of the handles by moving the model parameters uh, so just to for example if we have a hull weight model and we move the short rate the whole curve will go up and down. Uh, however, uh, in this in sim, we would like to have more granular movements. For example, the first path, the third part of the curve stays as it is, and the second yeah. moves. So, using uh, the movement of the 
of the states of the short trade on the hollow white, we can never get it. However, if we move a little bit the, the, the initial yield curve of the model, we'll get this. So what actually in, in two words, what we, what's the big difference between us and, uh, and Andrew and Chris is that we manipulate with more handles. Uh, some more comments on, on the methods. So if our model is an imagine LMM big model, a lot of states, so then we can calculate uh, we can calculate the derivatives of the of the future price with respect to the with respect to the required uh, quotes by sim. Uh, however, if it's mul it's multi-dimensional case, so all the derivatives will be noisy. Uh, so numerically, it will be m much more complicated. Also, uh, we will not we will not get uh, Vegas when we move the when we move the um, implied volatilities. So moving the curves, uh, you know, actually gets our. Uh, so we don't again we don't have enough handles. We cannot change the volatility using moving only the interest rates. Uh, they uh, another trick uh, which they we have used was a linear regression to the swaps. So again, if we have a low low dimensional model and we calculate uh, uh, we calculate our 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 future price, we can have a linear regression to the swaps of these different lengths, and this formally can give us a certain derivative of this. However. Uh, if we do it, we will get quite an unstable situation because all, all the swaps are very highly correlated. So if we regress uh, a certain function of a low number of states into highly correlated pieces like swaps, we'll get uh, coefficients instability. So changing a little bit of the basis function will completely change us the coefficients. Right. So this, this means that we'll get uh, the big noise, uh, depending on our setup, we'll get the big noise in the... Uh, in the derivatives, in the formal derivatives, but of course the the methods, as I said, can be used where we have uh, where we have large models uh, corresponding to uh, with corresponding to flex flexible flexible movement of the of the model state. So we can retranslate it back to the sensitivities of the uh, sensitivities of the swaps. But it's, again, it's not it's not universal and uh, numerically. It can give us uh, can give us instabilities, and uh, in the paper they covered only swaps, not 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 Vega, not the sensitivities to to the implied volatilities. So um, thanks very much, uh, Alexander, for describing the uh, working of uh, your recent paper in Risk. Um, so um, you know, on a more general note, um, what's next for you? What uh, research topics are you currently working on? Uh, currently, I'm working on a general uh, subject which is related with the model validation is uh, how to say if the model is good or not with respect to a certain payoff. Uh, the, uh, the ideas which I have are following. So imagine we, uh, imagine we have a certain hedging procedure. So we hedge uh, an option, we buy and sell, so we spend a certain amount of money. And when we come to the to the payoff, we receive or pay something, right? So we have uh, so we have the things. All this is objective. So all this is money. So it is not a option price related by certain model, which is uh, subjective, because 
subjectivity is just uh, of course we can we can follow the classical arbitrage free arguments but we recalibrate this model all the time so there are kind of uh, in some sense the model model price is uh, is not something something objective so uh, imagine now we came to the payoff and uh, we have the whole history uh, written. So we know how the stock, for example, the stock follows uh, uh, what's the moon on the stock, what, what, are the, what are the hedges. And from this perspective, it is possible to say, at least on some statistical basis, it is possible to say, was this uh, hedging portfolio good or not? So uh, for the moment, these are a bit vague ideas, but I hope they will be <laughs> they will be more concrete in a uh, couple of maybe a month or so. And uh, and uh, as further as the further research, I would like to touch a little bit uh, this fashionable theme of. Uh, neural network and machine learning uh, bs everybody <laughs> so this uh, yeah. this something can be also attractive at least interesting to to see uh, apparently there is a sacred growl inside yeah. on the model risk uh, topic that you're researching you know um, is the approach that you're going for something non-parametric sort of non-parametric way of assessing model risk so just take that away from right yes yeah. non-parametric way yeah. and non-granular way this is a global view on the yeah. yeah on the on this hedging portfolio so we don't we yeah. don't uh, calculate uh, some some you know local volatility and uh, but we take a look at globally given one path this is that's one of the that's one of the uh, reasons that life uh, gives us only one monte carlo path <laughs> we don't have uh, several paths, so that's pity. So, but we should work with uh, what we have. Uh, so, going uh, going to the payoff and looking looking back, we have only one path, uh, historical path of the of the movement uh, of uh, let us say our stock, and uh, and so that is why the problem is uh, quite complicated um, because we have only one life. Yeah. So, like in video games, uh, we have lots of them. <laughs> will the output be uh, numerical? Um, is it going to be a, a quantity or numerical. is it more like a, a scoring function? Numerical. Numerical. Yes, it will be a certain certain integral, which will will permit uh, taking a look at this uh, kind of defect to say if it's good or not. Well, to some extent. So this is a number. This is a number which. Uh, uh, says that if the portfolio is uh, if if our portfolio uh, replicates well the payoff uh, or, or not are there many such um, non-parametric approaches in existing literature has anyone else um, you know thought about this issue actually i digged a little bit around that yeah. and didn't didn't found anything uh, so uh, maybe maybe there are but you know it's uh, we'll see the fact that the output is numerical means you can also compare models. Yeah, of course, that's absolutely right. So if you have uh, uh, two models and they have different uh, different values, then uh, then I say this one is better somehow. Uh, as an experiment, I did the following thing: very simple, black shows with twenty percent of volatility, and we follow this stock for like three years. So of course, if we have more information, this longer path, better accuracy is right. 
well, imagine we have uh, three years and we observe it, uh, I don't know, daily or whatever. And uh, so we can calculate this quantity and then uh, we can say now let us hedge it with the uh, volatility like 10%. So here immediately we see that there is a big defect and uh, using this global characteristic and such that we can, um, we can say that 20% uh, uh, hedging is definitely better than the 10% uh, of hedging because of course this model we just constructed it by, by, by ourselves. Uh, another trick is that uh, this is, of course, a statistical thing. If uh, it will not maybe work with the probability of one for all the paths, in when we simulate uh, black shoals uh, with different paths, of course, here we can get the statistics. Again, in the life, we have only one path. We cannot simulate. We cannot get the statistics. However, we can do it for several options. If we do several options on this on this path. We can have several strikes, for example. We can uh, get kind of statistics in this way. But again, this is a quite fresh research, and uh, and hopefully no one <laughs> did it before. Actually, this uh, this project sounds innovative and uh, and interesting. So hopefully, when it's uh, ready to be disclosed and presented, you'll come back and explain that to us with some more details. Um, so this is uh, thank you very much for joining us. This is what we wanted to ask you today. Um, the paper is online on Risk.net under cutting edge, and uh, is uh, in uh, Risk in Risk magazine in print in the September edition. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you Alexander for joining us. Thank you Nasneen. Thank you very much, Mauro and Nasneen, for inviting me and uh, giving the possibility to explain our work in simple words, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.